Solomon sinned because he followed and worshipped gods of his strange wives who were from other nations. God had told him that he would do this, but he didn't believe it. So he kept those strange wives, and in the end, at his end of his life, he worshipped God, but he also worshipped the gods of the other nations, the gods of the strange wives. God became angry with Solomon, and he took the kingdom away from Solomon. Yet he said he wouldn't do it in the lifetime of Solomon because of David. But he would do it after Solomon's death. He would end up dividing the kingdom of Israel, the nation of Israel. He would give one tribe of the kingdom of Israel, of the nations of Israel, one tribe to the son of Solomon, Rehoboam. And the other ten tribes would be given to Jeroboam. But Jeroboam is afraid. He's afraid that his people will go up to Jerusalem where they go to worship and that when they get to Jerusalem, they will turn to Rehoboam. And he's afraid they'll even kill him. So he takes counsel with his counselors and they decide to make two golden calves And they set one in Bethel, one of the cities, and one in Dan. And they tell the people, you no longer have to go to Jerusalem to worship. Now you can worship in Bethel or in Dan. And this is the story of these evils done by Jeroboam. Because his evils that he did continue even to this day into the New Testament church which I will show you in a few minutes how that happens. First, he builds two golden calves and tells the people of Israel, these calves are their gods, and they do not have to go to Jerusalem to worship. They can worship before these calves in the two places appointed, which are Dan and Bethel. Second, he removes the Levites from being the priests. And he sets up and appoints his own vile fellows to be priests. Only the Levites in the Old Testament could be ministers of God. 1 Kings chapter 12. This is a story of the great sins of Jeroboam, which carry over even to today's New Testament churches. Verse 25, Then Jeroboam built Shechem and dwelt there and went out from thence. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David, to Judah. If this people go up and do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem to worship. 
Behold, thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one golden calf in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one even unto Dan. The second major sin of Jeroboam, he made a house of high places, and he made his own priest out of the lowest of the people. No longer did he use the Levites as priests. They were not the sons of Levi. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month, on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that's in Judah. And he offered upon the altar. So did he in Bethel, sacrificing unto the calves that he had made. And he placed in Bethel the priest of the high places which he had made. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel, the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even the month which he had devised of his own heart, and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel, and he offered upon the altar and burnt incense. He was not following God, he just followed what was in his heart. And he set up his own way to worship God, and he set up priests that were not of the tribe of Eli, that were not called of God. The way the sins of Jeroboam carry over to today, Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We had a man in our church group many, many years ago he had gone to some kind of church service and he came back and said, oh, it was so wonderful. And he kept saying how wonderful this was. And I finally said, well, what was so wonderful about it? And he said, oh, at the head of the table, they had three large crosses covered with flowers. This man had turned from worshiping God in spirit and turned to worshiping emotions conjured by the flesh created by physical sensations, which he could see. Some people look at stained glass and they say, oh, how wonderful, and they feel religious. But that's flesh and not spirit. Or they look at some kind of carving inside the church building or the shape of the church building and they feel religious. They go to the church building, and they feel religious, or they hear the choir, and they feel the emotion. And they call it worship. And they call the music service worship. Worship is obeying God. Worship is hearing the word of God and obeying God. It's not the singing of songs. You can feel an emotion a tremendous emotion through music. And it's fine to sing songs as long as it's truly 
prayerful to God. But in most cases, it's emotion. And they leave the church building feeling religious. The problem of the world strikes and they fall completely to pieces. Or they quote by road a scripture standing on that scripture. Nothing will happen to me. And they have an arrogance and a pride. And it's all shallow and hollow and meaningless and vain. It's the word of God that we worship. And we worship something that you can't see. The spirit. And in truth, in truth of the Holy Scriptures. If you can see an object with your natural eye, that object is flesh and not spirit. A Baptist woman once called me. Her husband had died. She took his den and removed stuff on his bookshelf and set up a memorial to Jesus. And she wanted me to come see the memorial that she had set up to Jesus. But you see, I know that if you can see it with your natural eye, it's an emotion and not God. It's a religious emotion, but not God. The lighting of candles, the crossing yourself, hanging a medallion around your neck, thinking it's of God and a lucky thing, and you Soldiers, you see them in movies holding on to that medallion as they're about to be killed. And you think, how pitiful. Well, that's the sin of Jeroboam. He set up things as God, which are not God. And he set up ministers, his own ministers. In the New Testament church, the ministers are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are set up from heaven by Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11-12. After Jesus arose, he gave to the church some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Those are the ministers of God. You are either apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. But today, they set up their own religious thing. They set up their own ministers. They set up their own Bible schools, their own seminaries to teach the ones who want to be ministers what to do. They take the place of Jesus and they set up their own churches by their own will and their own ministers by their own will without the Spirit of God. And that's what we see all over. And that's the Antichrist churches of the end times. Jesus will destroy them when he returns to gather the church. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Paul said Jesus could not come back to the earth, except first there comes a falling away. I read that scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, 3 and 4. I read that in 1982, 
about this falling away that was going to come in the end times. And God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. It's the churches leaving the scriptures and setting up other doctrine. That's the falling away, and that is Antichrist of the end times. There are many Antichrists, not one Antichrist, many. That's what the Apostle John tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. He said that these Antichrists come among us and stay for a while. Basically, when they see they can't take over and establish their doctrine inside our group, they will set up their own groups. And they will set up ministers not called by God. And they will set up doctrines which approve sin in the congregation. Doctrines which tell the man, it's fine to marry a divorced woman. That's no problem. Jesus said, whosoever marries the divorced woman commits adultery. Matthew 5.32 Jesus said if the divorced woman remarries, she commits adultery. He says that in Mark 10. He says that in Matthew 5.32 These things of the New Testament are removed from Antichrist churches because those doctrines would offend people and they want to approve people not to turn them from their sins and return them to God, but to approve them and make them feel good about themselves when they come to church. We see that going on everywhere we go today. It'll all be straightened out when Jesus returns because he will destroy Antichrist and the followers of Antichrist. So we just come away from them when we see it. Leave them alone. And we gather with those who demonstrate to us that they're turning to God and hearing from God and following what God shows them. And it all coincides with the Bible. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.